captain that steers our country to its next destination. Welcome to Forecast Roundtable, Forecast International's podcast on worldwide defense and aerospace markets. Hi, and welcome to Forecast Roundtable. I'm Matthew Beers. Today I'll be speaking with Dan Darling, Europe and Asian military markets analyst. We'll be discussing the British exit from the European Union, more popularly known as the Brexit. Dan, what are the ramifications of the vote for the United Kingdom and for its relationship with the European Union? The immediate ramifications are government crisis for the UK because upon the votes, the final vote being announced, David Cameron announced he would be stepping down as prime minister. Right. So the knock-on effect is who will take over the party, uh, the conservative party, which right. runs the government. A lot of uh, analysts are saying it'll be Boris Johnson. Okay. Um, who was part of the lead faction of voters. Um, right. And who, who is the, the lead faction? Who, who are these people? The lead faction would be mostly working-class voters, right. um, people in northern England, okay. um, outside of the urban centers right. of England. Uh, most of Scotland voted to remain. Right. Um, the vote in Northern Ireland was about 55, 45 remained. So that was predominantly in the Irish Catholic majority okay. areas of Northern Ireland. Wales was slightly in favor of leave. And that was a surprise. I think for some. Um, but what you're looking at is it was essentially an English vote to leave. It, uh, it was an English working class vote to leave. Correct. Right. Largely. And, and why is that? Um, for a variety of reasons, uh, the leave vote meant different things to different people. Right. A lot of pundits and analysts would uh, uh, proclaim it to be a xenophobic and ugly nationalist uh, wave. Right. And I don't think that's largely true. There are going to be extremes on either side of the leave and the remain voting blocks. Uh, right. Some very um, europhobic and some very europhile. Right. Um, so it's it's probably inaccurate to, to narrow this all down to immigration or right. economic policy. There's elements of all those things. But Britain, right. since it's been part of the EU, which um, the European community was uh, early set 1970s, I believe 1973, right. it's always retained a sense of itself. Okay. And um, while there are plenty of British... Uh, citizens who would prefer that they remained in the EU who are now living in Spain, uh, retired in Spain, retired in right. Portugal, France, wherever, right. um, who have a very pro-European, -E pro-EU view of things. I, I do believe that it's, it's very complex. It's also been... I, we've seen some of the punditry today right. um, in the news that's basically ascribed, uh, prescribed that the the leave vote to a bunch of rabble, right? And um, you know, xenophobic, the yob, 
Right. Uh, you know, the ugly soccer fan kind of thing, the hooligan. Right. And I just think that's very unfair. They're, again, it's different things to different people, it, it, depending on the issue you tick off. But there is definitely a sense, going back to when Britain joined the EU, that Britain was one foot in, one foot out. Right. As opposed to Germany in the EU or the Netherlands or Belgium or France. Right. Uh, Britain's always retained a sense of self. Right. Um, it, it, it has a long memory of its empire, even though they recognize the empire is long gone, but there's still a sense that British um, ideals right. did a lot to shape the modern world and Europe for the better. And that sense of self and, and pride, I think, showed in that lead vote. Right. So they've retained this this whole time, and, and now it's really showing combined with, you know, other things that are going on. Absolutely. And I want to caution that that same sense of pride doesn't mean you were a lead voter. You right. could be a Remain voter and still have a sense of, right. I'm still British. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of being British. But there's just been uh, a populist wave, and the way the um, Remain camp um, campaigned, which was very, you're a fool not to want to remain. There was mu- as much scare tactics involved as there were solid arguments for um, uh, voting remain. And there are right. a lot of very strong reasons to vote remain, but it became, uh, I, w- I don't know if, well, I guess almost a, a uh, snobbish form of, you know, if you're wise, you'll vote this way. Right. And that's never a great tactic. Right, scare tactics. I it's, mean, it, it doesn't exactly. work very well. Correct. Right. Now, um, I, I know that there's been waves of, of this populism in, in Europe. Uh, you see Hungary, uh, France. Uh, it's growing in France right now. Uh, do you think this is going to promote more of that uh, in other countries? It. I wouldn't say promote. The scare is, it's one thing to view this as a microcosm of what's happening across Europe and the United States right. with, uh, with what we've seen in this um, primary season right. leading up to the presidential campaign. It's very unusual. Um, but it, it's another thing to take this on a, on a Britain basis. Right. Um, I I would say that the bigger worry for EU countries, the other 27 countries, is will this spark similar referenda right. in their own nations? And I believe that uh, leaders in Brussels are, are worried over the same. Right. Um, it's tough to make a leap and say, well, these will be far-right nationalistic or far-left populist factions right. that take over and run governments, uh, that's that's a leap a right. little bit right now. We saw the presidential election in Austria. Um, parties that would normally not get along united to prevent right. the far-right presidential candidate from winning that second uh, presidential runoff, and right. barely. Right. Uh, but you look at Italy where... Um, a populist party, the five, I believe it's called the five star, um, 
they just won the Rome election. Right. Um, they've increased their percentage of uh, Italian uh, followers, and they're demanding a referenda right. for their exit. And this is what the people who champion the EU experiment are worried about. Right. Um, it, there's a lot of different ways of viewing <laughs> the, right. what I would call the Eurocrat right. um, outlook on the EU. But, but first and foremost, the EU was meant to bring peace across Europe. Right. How do we unify this continent where we've had these vicious uh, wars, primarily ethnic wars, right. whether it, some national nationalistic wars, but primarily ethnic, particularly in Central and Eastern Europe. Right. Um, and how do we ameliorate some of these divides, right. bring people together and ensure that there's peace across the continent, strength in... Um, free trade and free movement of goods and people, right. and speak on a global stage with a unified voice, which only makes us, i.e., the EU, stronger. Right. And with Britain voting to leave, there's worries that this will weaken, either weaken the EU, right. or I believe in some EU countries, right. they're going to be worried that Germany now is unopposed to run the EU, something that right. nations like Poland or the Czech Republic might not be too eager to right. live through. So, I mean, it, with, with the Brexit, I mean, I, I think the Brexit is, it's yes, it's, it's showing that there, there's some weaknesses in the European Union, but those predated the Brexit. Mm. So they're, they're doing something wrong, obviously. Um, right. There's, it's always tricky. Uh, you you, you um, add up the negatives and the positives on right. either side of the ledger. Uh, there's been a lot of good that's come out of the EU, but right. there's a sense that on the local level, um, popular sovereignty has been suppressed by Brussels. Right. Uh, whether that belief, that perception is accurate or not is another matter, but that is the perception. You see it in various different EU states right, right. now. And, and that the rhetoric spreads, and especially with the Brexit, I mean, absolutely. that rhetoric's going to spread even more. It's going to become even more popular. Mm -hmm. It's going to support It does become a self-fulfilling prophecy that we all need to leave. Um, right. Obviously, that's I do not believe that's going to happen. Right. I think Britain's a very interesting test case, um, and Britain itself, I should add, will now have to um, deal with fallout within the United Kingdom, meaning Scotland will likely, uh, already is, the first minister, uh, Nicola Sturgeon, is right. already pushing for a second Scottish independence referendum right. a year after they they voted to remain in Britain 55-45. Right. Um, so... Scotland will, which, by the way, as I mentioned earlier, voted very strongly to remain in the EU. Scotland, right. the Scottish Nationalist Party, will push for another um, independence referendum and then also want to be part of the Brexit negotiations right. with the EU. And if they have the independence referendum and vote for independence, they will want to be part of the EU. So... 
That's <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's tricky territory, and this is again, this is this is gray area. It's uncharted waters. Right. Um, we saw the pound drop precipitously, right. but I, I believe some of this is. Uh, just immediate knee-jerk reaction and right. that the markets will correct themselves. Well, there, there's measures in place to make sure that there isn't a, a major economic downturn, that things are able to transition well, right? Well, I don't know if there's there's that. They, <laughs> they would have to... There's a lot of uh, moving parts in right. exiting the EU. Uh, first being that until a new conservative leader is... Right. Um, appointed or voted on within right. the, the party and then becomes prime minister, uh, David Cameron is going to leave um, triggering Article 50 of the Lisbon Treaty, which right. is uh, negotiating an exit from the EU. Right. He's going to leave that to his successor. I think what we've already seen is EU leaders wanting this to be a quick process, so there right. is an uncertainty. Um and the negotiation period for uh, Article 50 is two years. And right. there have been EU leaders saying that with all those negotiations plus after negotiations in terms of association treaties, right. et cetera, it could be a seven-year process. Seven-year so, process. Yeah, so we're right. a long way away from uh, knowing how this is going to shake out. Um, right. There's a lot of people who claim to know, and I think that they're – fooling themselves because, again, as I said, this is, there's a lot of moving parts here to this. And right. it's very complicated. Um, the Labour Party, which is the chief opera, uh, opposition party in Britain, right. has, is already looking to purge their leader. Right. Uh, Sinn Féin in Ireland is pushing to unite, uh, which they've always pushed, to unite the, the Republic of Ireland with Northern Ireland, but right. they're using this vote <laughs> As a basis, look, the majority of Northern Ireland wanted to be in right. the EU. Ireland is in the EU. Right. Why Why would you want to stay with an England that wants to leave the EU? Wow. And and the knock-on effects on Ireland's economy, which is separate from the British issue, but right. the knock-on effects from the Irish economy, which is uh, uh, their primary uh, trading partner is, is Britain. It, it, right. it could be... It could be shaky for Ireland right now. So th it's it's a complex environment right. that um, we're going to have to sit back and watch and see how this takes effect. But Britain will need to get a new leadership in place quickly. Right. David Cameron's going to have to appoint a leader, um, discuss how how you're going to negotiate this exit right. uh, because there is a chance that the EU leadership will not want to make it an amenable, well, I don't want to say amenable, but uh, negotiate too much away because they do not right. want to tempt other countries from exiting right. the EU. They want it to be, this is harsh, so think twice before you... A, hold a referendum, and if you do, you vote to leave. Right. So that's going to be the attitude. Now, there's another hypothetical where EU leaders might um, try to convince uh, Britain to stay with right. more favorable terms. But Britain's already right. outside of the Schengen um, agreement, right. and they are also – they still have their own currency. So, right. um, so now they'll, they'll try to play the nice guy. 
there's, Say, forget there's, about all the threats. There, there's, now come back. Right. There, there's <laughs> there's many possibilities. Um, right. I believe the uh, the leaders of the six original e- EC countries are meeting um, this weekend to discuss ramifications of right. the Brexit vote. But again, I, we don't know what is going to happen. Right. So and I, I imagine um, within Britain, I mean, the PMs they're they're going to have to come together. They can't. They can't be split down the middle. That they have to work together to make it work. Well, it's going to be complicated because again, PMs from where? Northern Ireland, Scotland. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, the mayor of uh, London is trying to ally himself with the first minister of Scotland right. and say, "Hey, we we want apart from Britain if they're right. leaving the EU." So it, it's. It, consensus is not going to be easy to reach um if once the brexit uh the article 50 is triggered then it might be in the best interest of everybody to negotiate sit down and say what can we compromise on for association treaties will we use a norway plus model right um norway being outside of the eu but a member of nato and with um external association treaties with the eu that are um, very uh, pragmatic and profitable for both sides. So. Right. Okay. Um, so has has history changed here? Are we just seeing a repeat of history? I mean, <laughs> you, you look back in the, the history of England, uh, of the United Kingdom, of Europe, and, I mean, it's uh, it, it looks very similar to me. You know, it's... Well, I mean, there is definitely a sense, as I mentioned, that across Europe that while people are glad to say they're Europeans, whether they're Belgians, Norwegians, whatnot, they, they also identify with their nation. The right. EU experiment um, was, it, it came out of two vicious world wars and right. hope for peace across the continent. How do, how do we avoid this? How do we avoid um, some of the elements that, that brought us into these ugly right. wars? And... Furthermore, how do we um, ensure that popular sovereignty doesn't bring us another Hitler, doesn't bring us right. another Soviet empire kind of right. uh, element? And so it was moving the centers of power slowly away from the capitals right. to Brussels. And right. this is a bit of a pushback on that. Right. Um, our, the voter... Um, in in England or anywhere in Britain who voted leave might feel that, or probably strongly feels, that right. their voice counts for more when issues that affect their lives are decided in the UK itself rather right. than in Brussels. So that, and I imagine there are plenty of um, citizens in Italy or Austria or Finland or Denmark or just wherever in the EU right. that feel the same way. It, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be a knee-jerk, right. um, you know, anti-EU uh, right. attitude rather than who's speaking for me and why is my... I mean, it would depend on your vocation, right. what your views on many different issues to say, why is this being decided in Brussels? And I say that knowing full well that 
each country still sends their right. they vote parliamentarians in uh, to the EU parliament. Right. So it's not like you're voiceless in the right. EU. Britain was definitely not voiceless. In but the, the perception EU. is there. But the perception is is our fates being decided by 27 other countries. Right. And um, who who that, control a majority of the wealth. Right. So you're going to have knock-on effects from that. Right. And it's um, politics is best decided at the local level would be the short way of saying what I just right. said. Thank you for joining us at Forecast Roundtable. For more information on international aerospace and defense markets, visit www.forecastinternational.com.